Welcome back to the Joke Show here on the Dion Family Network, episode 71. Dad, I just noticed, kind of looks like you have a sty. Okay. <laughs> I didn't like actually look at you until we started this. Um, yeah, that's that's my, that's my intro for you. All right. Uh, today we're going to talk. Last day is spring today. Really? Huh. Yeah. I feel like spring lasts like two minutes. Because it's going to be winter tomorrow. That's oh, I think I meant like by the date. No. Um, today we're going to talk about uh, Patrick Marlowe's record-breaking night. Uh, some, I guess, news and notes from the MLB, some NFL draft paranoia, and uh, NBA. We're going to do MVP comparison for this year. I feel like there's no better place to start than Patrick Marlowe, which I don't know why I, I knew this day was coming, but today is the day Patrick Marlowe is going to become the most played player in NHL history. Okay, I like the way you put that. Uh, 1,768 games passing fellow Saskatchewaner Gordy Howe. Right. How how does that make you feel that Patrick Marlowe has been playing in the NHL for that long? That makes me feel old. <laughs> I wanted to... I didn't write it down, but I did see um, what the world was like during Patrick Marlowe's first NHL game. So I'm going to uh, pull that up. Do you know what his for when his first NHL game was? Ooh, I'm going to say it would have been like 2003. Uh October 1st, 1997. Wow. That was going to that was my first thought was the 90s, but then I was thinking, "No, he can't be that old." He is that old. His 23 wow. uh year career. Uh Marlowe's career began the same year the Carolina Hurricanes debuted. Uh the Colorado Avalanche were only 2 years removed from being in Quebec. Phoenix was in their second season, and still were called Phoenix. Uh, Nashville, Minnesota, Columbus, and Atlanta didn't even exist yet. Wow. Uh, the Detroit Red Wings entered Marlowe's first season as defending champions, finally getting over the hump after winning their first of three cups in five years. Uh, do you want to take a stab at the award winners from this year? 1997? Yeah. 97. Lindros? Uh, no. No Eric Lindros. No. Pavel Burry? Uh, no. No Pavel Burry. Jager? No. These are really good guesses, though. You're in the you're in the right area. I'll give you a hint that the heart, uh, heart winner also wins the Vesna. Oh, wow. Theodore? No. I don't know. Dominic Hasek. Oh, right. Uh, Art Ross winner Mario Lemieux, 122 points. In how many games? Uh, it doesn't say. Oh, probably uh, would have been like 60-some games, I bet. Uh, goal-scoring leader, uh, someone who'd some, who people would say, oh, that must be Matthew and Brady's dad. Keith right. Kachuk, 52 goals. <laughs> Brian Leach wins the Vesna. Brian Berard wins the Calder. Wow. And Michael Pekka is the Selkie winner. When he had two eyes. <laughs> This is, uh, it feels like it should be more of a historic event because he's played the most games, 23 years. I think my favorite stat is the Vegas Golden Knights will not equal that many games until the 2039-2040 season. Wow. So that is an illustrious career, most likely going to fall short of a Stanley Cup. Yeah, exactly. And and to kind of give Gordie Howe his due, he didn't play in the NHL for... I want to say six seasons. 
of WHA numbers oh. that didn't count, right? Because he played his last year in the NHL mm-hmm. because that's when they merged. But I want to say from like 72 to 79, so I think he played seven. I'm guessing. I'm guessing now, but I think, so just think, it would be unattainable, really, the amount of time they that counted. he played. Because it is a stat, right? Because I don't think anyone will ever beat his professional games played no i just don't think people play long enough like you would need to be a like Sidney crosby well even crosby got hurt so you'd have yeah. to be like a Connor mcdavid where you make the nhl and then you basically have to have an iron man streak similar to keith yandel but pretty much almost double it and that's yeah. still not close right but it's so that kind of makes you not a superstar player right like the guys that had the records for most games played were not superstars like the guys I think of are Gary Unger and Doug Jarvis. Gary Unger was like a second-line center on the St. Louis Blues, and Doug Jarvis was the fourth-line center on the Montreal Canadiens. Wow. Yeah, I when I was thinking about who played the most games, as soon as they brought Sorry, up the uh, list. Consecutive. I'm talking about Iron Man. Oh, okay. Right, that's consecutive. But And then and then I started to think, what about Chelios? He played till he was 44. Yeah. I don't. He wasn't even close. Like, he must have had a few years where he got hurt and didn't play played half a season or something, right? Because he's not even close to that list. Yeah, 44. I remember him like his last year with the Atlanta Thrashers, which – Already, already makes me feel old that I have to say Atlanta Thrashers and people that are five, six years younger than me probably right. don't know no who that is. Right? That's so. I'm, I'm, how am I feeling old? There you go. Twenty one. You're welcome. And I'm trying to think. I just thought of another guy too. Oh, Chara. Nowhere close. To, again, probably plays 60, 70 games a year. Right. Yeah, especially the last few years, he's kind of almost taken load management. Yeah, exactly. Like against the Flyers, he took three shots on a penalty kill off the knee, ankle. Like he he was out the next game, obviously, because he was just a good. But he was taking more. It's not like he was going to the bench, right? He's yeah. out there trying to block the next shot. But yeah, here another guy who's 40. I was trying to think. 42, 43. Right. So he's up there and he's played right from the get-go with the islanders but obviously he's not close to the mark because you you have to have both yeah right yeah like when did patrick marlowe have a major injury yeah never right but but again he's not a superstar either right he's like a gary unger to me he's one of those guys he's good he's solid right he was leading those sharks teams although really what did it come to even when he wasn't the leader i don't even was he on the team when they made the Stanley Cup final? I don't Not think sure. he was. Yeah. I think he would have been a Leaf by then. Yeah. Wow. That's the biggest accomplishment in Sharks history, and he's not even there for it. Right. And I think he'll probably end up being remembered as the second greatest Shark behind yeah. Joe Thornton. Yeah. Who yeah. Would, it honestly does, as much as Leaf fans are going to want to talk about not <laughs> him not playing in the playoffs, he's still, again, over 40 years old in, in the NHL. And can still skate well. Yeah. Uh, we saw Saturday the Montreal Canadiens got Carey Price back, and it really didn't make a difference. They lose to the Ottawa Senators in, I think what we both agree was a very boring, at least third period. Oh, yeah. Uh, Price looked rusty, and Montreal looked disinterested, to be honest with you. This is a team that 
it feels like the way they played, you would think they're first or second in the division and they're going to cruise their way into the playoffs. I think they'll still get there, but if they're going to play like this the rest of the year, there's right. a chance Calgary could catch them. That That's where I think they miss a guy like Gallagher, right? The, he's that spark plug. He's the, the guy you don't want to play against. Yeah, they don't really have an energy guy. I wonder no. if they're thinking bringing in a guy like Cole Caulfield could make a difference. Not that he's the same player as Gallagher, but maybe... His scoring touch is going to. I mean, it translated from college hockey to the AHL. So, what's what's to stop another league up for him? Right. Uh, the Leafs and in a shocker, they lose to the Canucks in overtime and overconfidence. I would have taken the Leafs if I had a thousand bucks. I would have put on the Leafs. Who? How it? how can you lose to a team that's been off for two weeks? How do you lose to a, a team that has a Zamboni driver? This team, I tell you, I'm glad I'm not a Leafs fan. Oh. And it's especially this amazing year they had. They bought at the deadline. They're still waiting for Nick Foligno. There's obviously things that's going to make the season better, but just they just lose games that they're supposed to win. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. They're winning the game. Yeah, it's it. Yeah, it's just kind of disappointing to me. And we said. Earlier, before that Winnipeg game last week, they'd pretty much handled Winnipeg for the yep. most part. Except for about three minutes. Man. And that was enough for them to lose. Uh, out of this game, Alex Edler gets a two-game suspension for a knee-on-knee hit uh, to Zach Hyman. Hyman's out for, at the minimum, the next two weeks with a right. sprained MCL. Which, this is why I love hockey players. Sprained MCL. Yeah, it's a couple weeks. Yeah, I'll be back. But again, he's another, to me, he's the Gallagher of the Leafs. You need him in the lineup. That that hurts. He also can play anywhere in the lineup. He's like the Michael Raffle of the Flyers. Yeah, I could play first line, fourth line, defense. I could probably play net if you needed if you didn't have the Zamboni guy. <laughs> he probably he probably couldn't probably would. Uh, the other I guess minor Leaf story that could have turned into a major one if people really want to freak out about it. William Nylander misses a meeting. My first question was, are they having in-person meetings, or was he late to log into his computer? Yeah, I don't know, because wasn't he just off for COVID? Yep, came back, scored against the Canucks. His... To say he was going for a vaccine. <laughs> There's a lot of easy excuses. I, I just, I, I really, they didn't, I didn't see any clarification of if it was a virtual or in-person meeting. Because if it's a virtual meeting, that is, has to be the most embarrassing thing I've ever heard. How are you late for a virtual meeting? Yeah. Um, also going back to Saturday, the Edmonton Oilers beat Winnipeg and both of us really like the Jets. I, I think Edmonton might be the worst, worst matchup for the Jets. Yeah. If they have to play each other, there's certain teams that in, again, it's that division, right? That we talk about where certain teams can beat certain teams. Certain teams don't want to face certain teams. Yeah. And like, like for first the round matchup for the Leafs, it's Winnipeg. Yep. And but Winnipeg can't beat Edmonton. Right, but and and the Edmonton doesn't want to play Toronto. No. <laughs> I think everybody, everybody but and that's the thing. I was about to say everybody wants to play Montreal, but who wants to play playoff Carey Price? Exactly. Because last year in the bubble, we all just thought, oh, it's Pittsburgh. They're just going to roll over. And they took Philly to six games, and Philly was the number one seed. They looked like the powerhouse at that point. Right. Um. For Winnipeg, again, you just look at the fact that they didn't add at the deadline. They didn't get a major yep. defensive piece, and even a guy like Hayden Fleury. Yeah. Just why why wasn't there a second pair defenseman out there that Winnipeg could have gotten? I agree. Uh, 
Washington, Boston, Sunday afternoon. I have to say, I I love Sunday afternoon games. I don't know why, especially without football at twelve o'clock, like NHL start. It's a little early for me, especially if I'm hungover. But uh, <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm kidding. Uh, yeah, I, 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 there always seem to be good games because you know what I think it is. Hockey players are so used to routine, right? And this is why the Leafs will never win the Stanley Cup. Because they have to play afternoon games. They never play afternoon games. How many times have the Flyers in a big game against the Leafs smoked them? I I can count four or five times where it looks like the Leafs are going to win this series. And I'm I'm not just saying Leafs and Flyers. Whoever the Leafs have had to, when they have to play an American team, they have to play in the afternoon. Man. Guess how many times they play in the afternoon during the regular season? I'm going to say once because they, they just added. It. Yeah, they just added that. Yeah, we better start playing some afternoon games. You're right. They play the kids game or whatever, yeah, right? Yeah, the next generation right. game. That's it. That's the one time a year. All other teams in the States play in the afternoon. And guess what the major networks, when do they want those games played predominantly in the playoffs? Afternoon games. They do have them at night. Yeah, but also like like you even a, a team like Boston, how many times a year do they play a twelve o'clock game, a three o'clock game, right? A random Lots. time like that, so many. Lots. Yeah. They got you know Mer- uh, President's Day and American Thanksgiving. They're all during the day games. Yeah, so. even even the Super Bowl, like they all play early. Right, exactly. Except for the Canadian teams. Even I was trying to think because they do Hockey Day in Canada, but the yep. Leafs are always the headliner of that. They always so play at night. Exactly. So I, I anyway, just going back, Caps Bruins great game, but because it's a great game because the guys aren't ready to play. It, it, it felt it, like a very sloppy Yeah, sloppy game. It wasn't a tight no. six three game. It was a sloppy. Just both teams were just not quite ready, right? They're no. ready to play the a three o'clock game. I think they could probably you would see a different different style at three o'clock. It As almost opposed to noon. It almost felt like a game one or two of a playoff series, and you throw in an afternoon game where these teams haven't really figured each other out yet. Right, and this is game what seven between these two teams? I would say, right? The Capitals just beat the Bruins eight one the week before. Yeah, in the afternoon. I so. didn't. I, never, I didn't think about it like that because even some Canadian teams, like I feel like Ottawa plays in the afternoon quite a bit because they're forced to because the Leafs are a seven o'clock team. Exactly right, and during the regular format, they have to play these American teams during the day, except for the Leafs and Montreal. Those would be yeah. the two teams that they never played during the day. I didn't. I, I would want to go back and think about like I think about the Boston Montreal playoff series from like I guess six seven years ago. I wonder how many game how many times they played in the afternoon, but maybe because it's both Boston Montreal, it's pretty. Yeah, headline stuff. Headline, yeah, uh, the Buffalo Sabers, and this might be the last time we talk about them this yeah. year. They were officially eliminated from playoff contention. I think to the surprise of no one, they did beat Pittsburgh yesterday on Sunday. Just not enough. Although I, I love seeing Dustin Tokarski getting another shot in the NHL. They're playing better, and Dustin Tokarski's in that um, um, Duthie's uh, book 
as well as a, a story I just read about him, which was kind of interesting. Yeah, his career was fascinating because he was looked like he was going to be a top flight goalie and yeah. just kind of bounced around AHL guy and still hanging around. But to be fair to Buffalo, they're actually playing better hockey right now. The game, even the game they lost to Pittsburgh, yeah, they just looked was, they looked more competitive. Yeah, it came yeah. down to the last few seconds and an empty net that Buffalo really had a lot of scoring chances. Agreed. Uh. Max Domi adds to the list of the Columbus Blue Jackets. Um, Didn't even know he was still playing in the NHL. <laughs> he has been completely silent this year, not even an aggressive style of play. Right. I still don't know if this John, John Tortorella style of just, you're not playing well, okay, just scratch you. I, I just don't think it's it's working. for. I don't know if it works for this generation of players. It might. I just I think Torts is just, it's time to move on. I th- he could, honestly, if he went on TV, that'd be pretty entertaining. Absolutely, I'd watch him because I don't like him, but I'd watch him because I don't like him, and because he's, you, he's entertaining, and you know he will speak his mind. Absolutely, he will. Absolutely. Um, the Coyotes win a pretty exciting game against the St. Louis Blues. We set it up on Friday for we being a the playoff matchup. This game and do nothing blues and it just Coyotes look terrible. I told you that it's three games. I turned it off. We watched another game. It didn't look good, but yeah, they played for Leighton. It was unbelievable how they turned that around. Uh, Leighton Nicardo, who is a nine-year-old who lost her battle with cancer in November, was inducted into the Coyotes, uh, not their hall, I guess was honored in their ring of honor. Right. And uh, Oliver ekman Larson, in a pretty deadpan way, stared at the camera and just said, you know, we're playing for her and we're going to come back and win this game. And they right. did. They uh, Yeah, absolutely. It was, yeah. They played for her. It was awesome to see. Now, to be honest, when I first watched that with you, we were watching the opening, I was thinking it was Leighton, the goalie. Oh, like Michael Leighton? Yeah, because it was oh, the same number. number. 49. Yeah. yeah. So I'm going, Leighton, like, why is he getting honored? I, I had, and it, it took me a second to kind of figure out, oh, okay. Then they show our not... family and stuff. Right, and... yeah. Uh, it's amazing to see the impact that some and I when I was thinking of her, I was thinking of Layla Anderson, who was a big St. Louis Blues fan, and it still is. And yeah, sorry, I should say doing, was, but right, doing, and doing well and health health wise, and is like a big part of that team. And right. they, and that's what they were talking about with Layton that she was a huge part of this team, and right. like all the players knew her. Yeah, so. That's- it's a pretty Impressive. inspiring win, and it's another one where if you had any money in the world to gamble, and you saw that they were playing for her, you would put all you would put the house on the Coyotes. Absolutely. Uh, the New York Rangers, who we talked about Vitaly Kraftsov last episode, he did get his first NHL goal, Finally. and it wasn't taken away. Nice. And there was also some fun birthday scorers, where Pavel Buchnevich on his birthday scored a hat trick against the Devils. Yep. And the next night, Mika Zibanejad scored the game-winning goal on his birthday against the Devils and completed a four-game sweep of of those Devils. It's too bad we're not going to see the Rangers in the playoffs. Uh, yeah, I don't. I, I was going to say I give you a little bit of a chance, but yeah, I don't think so. I think it's just because Boston They're is fourth far, place and they got two games in hand. Yeah, I, I, I just they'd have to go on a. They've already gone on a big scoring winning trend they have to continue that for the last 13 games i just i can't see it it's just too hard i wonder how they would have to play boston a few times and it would be must win territory in regulation Mm -hmm. yep can't can't lose any points there Uh, i'll just finish off the nhl which i i just thought of just now uh when you're talking about you know the 
young girls that these teams focus on. Mm-hmm. You never see that in any of the other leagues. They never focus with fans. The NHL hockey players in general, um, I think, do an excellent job. And it's not forced. Like no. these things just kind of happen, right? And and they just allow it to come in and it just feels so natural. And it just makes me proud to be a hockey player because I, I feel part of that kind of family yeah the you know. community that they create uh, yeah the whole hockey community is amazing and then you just tons find of stories yeah like um i don't think I, we talked about it on here but uh brian frazier i'm pretty sure his name he's a he uh is a big uh, senators fan he's on twitter and he had a battle with cancer and he beat it the first time it came back and lost his battle and the senators put um I don't know if it was his initials or his last name. They put one of them on their helmets to honor him. Right. And like this is just a fan from Twitter and I just yeah. thought that was so cool of a team to honor a fan like that. Right. And the, even with Leighton. The abs or the humble Broncos. Yeah. Right? We put sticks outside. Mm-hmm. Like we everyone did it. You know, yeah. it's just I don't know. To me, it's it feels like a, a a small knit community and they do say that a lot, but the other the other sports don't do that. I, I, I don't find. No, but I think that's I mean? also why they're more global and hockey is more local. Yeah, yeah, I agreed. Agreed. That hockey hasn't expanded as much around the world, but that's that's not what they need to do. The NBA no. can do that. The NFL, yeah. Uh, maybe. Yeah, I guess the, M- the MLB is probably, well, I was going to say, probably the most international sport. Yeah, it's not think? dominated by Americans. Well, uh, like, right. It's not as dominated by Americans. Like the NBA and the NFL, they're both dominated by American players. Yeah, yeah. For and sure. teams. For sure. Um, we'll go to the MLB where Joey Votto and the Cincinnati Reds pulled off a triple play that A, I'd never seen, and B, I'd... As much as I know Joey Votto's Canadian, I I can't stand him. He's he's not a very nice Canadian. No, he doesn't he, represent us well. No, but I just I loved his reaction because he didn't really know. No, he didn't know. He didn't know because the guy walked off right. Like he would have been out anyway. Yeah, the third out. I don't know if you saw how that kind of he just kind of went off the baseline, right? So even if they tried to tag him or yeah. whatever, you know, at the end of that play, he would have been out anyway. Yeah, so right. I think they're, it, it was this weekend, so they're playing Cleveland. So the ball is hit to Joey Votto. He catches it, tags out the runner going going back to first. Right. And Eddie, Eddie Rosario, who's on third, right. he doesn't tag up. And he right. just runs straight through because Home. he doesn't yeah. think he catches it. Right. And he's walking back to the dugout. Right. And then Joey Votto just turns and throws it to third base. And right. The probably the funniest triple play I've ever seen. Yeah, and I, you may want to look this up. I thought I heard them say this was the thirty-first triple play by the Cincinnati Reds. Wow, that sounds like a lot. Yeah, like when they, I, I didn't get a chance to rewind it because I was just like, "What?" And they thought, "Oh, maybe I'll just bring that up." Thirty for our podcast. Thirty-one sounds. Triple, yeah, that sounds a lot. Maybe maybe that's not what it was. Maybe it was third one. Yeah, or something, but uh, just when they, right? Maybe that's what he said. But I was like, "What? That sounds like a lot." I but, can't think of. I but they've been around a long time. Yeah, though, I was gonna say. Right? I wonder the how Reds many have been around since the 1800s. So those things may have happened a little bit more um, early in baseball history, right? With, when you don't know the rules as well. Yeah, I also wonder when they would start keeping a stat like that, right? Because that doesn't seem like something in the 1890s that they would. Be yeah, that's on. true. They might not keep track of. Fair enough. Uh, Jacob DeGrom this weekend in Colorado had 
nine straight strikeouts. The Rockies just, they look helpless. They're 3-11 and on the year. DeGrom was one strikeout short of Tom Seaver's record. Ten straight strikeouts. I don't know, to me, I know that's three innings. Three innings straight of strikeouts, like, or worth of strikeouts. I just, I thought the record would be more. Like, the fact that he was only one strikeout away, I, right. I just thought it would be, when he got to nine, I would have thought the record would have been, like, 12, 13, somewhere in that range. Yeah, he dominated. And for the first time, the Mets actually gave him run support. Right, yeah. Which their their record below 500 with DeGrom is honestly despicable. And the Mets do look really good. I, I, I'm pretty sure I picked them before the year to win the division. I was banking on Lindor. Even Marcus Stroman this weekend had a really nice behind-the-back catch. He is somewhat... And, did you see that play? He caught it behind his no, back? No. Nope. He threw it to first, and it looked like he threw it like a bowling ball because it rolled to first base, and Pete Alonso had to stretch out in order to actually record the out. And then Stroman was too busy celebrating about his – he's pointing out his gold glove or, like, the gold that was on his glove. Um, Stroman is an excellent, like, third or fourth pitcher, like, mm-hmm. on someone's team, and that's where he fits in with the Mets. Yeah, like I think I really think that like he could like he was a number one guy, right? Yeah, and in Toronto it felt like he was also their emotional leader, right? With the Mets, he could be their emotional leader, but he has Jacob Degrom and Noah Syndergaard yeah, when he comes back in front of him. Doesn't he doesn't have to be to the superstar, it. right? He just has to be a reliable pitcher, especially come the playoffs. If it's those three, that's you got to feel pretty good going into at minimum a five game series, right? Um, so, yeah, it was the 31st wow. triple play by the Reds in their history. First since July 25th, 2017 against the Yankees. Wow. Yeah. 31. That's – I'm trying to – I guess the, the Reds kind of – people forget about the good teams they had. Right. Like, I remember in Al Michaels' book, he worked for the Reds, and he yeah. talked about – They like were the, good, big Red machine. They were they were real good in the 70s, but I don't know if that's where they would have got them all. That To me, that – you're getting one right like some team just got their san diego just got their first no hitter yeah which is hard to do but a triple play like you'd think okay maybe one every 15 years yeah something for a very te- rare for one team yeah i feel like it would some it's something we would see more in spring training when there's more running mm. mistakes like that for sure uh Nick Castellanos, going back to the Reds, had his suspension upheld. And honestly, when I saw that news story, I only wrote it down because I forgot he was suspended. And also, who cares? It's two games. He's going to take two games off during the year anyways. Right. Why did it take Major League Baseball, what, two weeks, three weeks to make this decision? I don't know. It's something where I don't think any league has figured out the finding or suspension. Like, they're all terrible at it. Yeah. That uh, honestly, at that point, I know Castellanos uh, appealed it just on, on principle, and probably yeah, the yeah. players' association made him do it. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I I don't think he. I, I doubt he cares beyond it just being on his record that he got suspended. Right. Yeah, I think that has to be more of a collective agreement between the union and the league to come up. But it, it's so hard to do because there's so many variables. You can't just say, well, if this guy does this. It's two games, and yeah. we'll give it to him that day or whatever. I don't know. Uh, Sean Kazmar, who is – it's a name that I did not know before this weekend. He played for the Atlanta Braves. The interesting part about this is 
it was 13 years in between him playing Major League Baseball games. Wow. So I uh, played this weekend with the Braves. It goes back to September 23rd, 2008. That's crazy. With the San Diego Padres. I I think there's so many stories like this in baseball, and I love these redemption stories. Redemption or even this guy played in the ma- in the minor leagues for 10 years and finally is making his debut. I find baseball has the most kind of stories like this. Right. And it's cool. I honestly, I, I watched the highlights and don't remember what he did, but I just thought he was cool that he was there. Yeah. Just to make it back is pretty cool. Um, the Boston Red Sox, um, did you see their horrible jerseys yet? No. They're, yeah, the like bright yellow and blue. It just no. is not the Boston Red Sox. Again, they look like what? the UCLA Bruins. It's, um, it it's is so smart. traditional of yeah. a team it's uh nike does is starting the connect jerseys i'm pretty sure they call them because nike does all those kind of jerseys with the so nba the, they'll be the so mlb's all gonna have third jerseys i is think that what you're saying i think it's only some teams oh okay because like we're you not say the yankees would never do that no even the time that they wore the do you remember the players weekend a couple of years ago where they wore like all black jerseys yeah even that was weird right and you saw the and it wasn't even it's funny that they still get to hold the tradition of not having the names on the back because it was just their nicknames right boston is really good i think they're 10 and 6 on the year now they lost a double header to the white Sox. i think we could see them come back to earth, but honestly, the way they played, I really underestimated them, and they're going to be in the playoff hunt. Really? I, I'm, I've, I watched them today, and they absolutely dismantled Lucas Giolito, and mm. it made me not believe in them because I would not cheer for them, but they are a really good team, and to me, they're the team that nobody believes in, so they really have nothing to lose. Right. And they don't play the Yankees until June. I think that'll wow. be the real test. Right. Well, I mean, doesn't look like a test right now because the Yankees right. are sitting pretty low. We'll get to them after the Padres and Dodgers. And I'm going to say it early in this year. I know we had fun with the Cardinals Reds rivalry. Right. I think the Padres and Dodgers is going to be their best rivalry this year. I, I agree. Like I said, I, I, I'm just a Yankees fan for baseball. I can fully admit that. I will not watch any other games, but I actually, I seen the highlights of the first two games of the series and I was like, pissed off that i didn't tape it to watch it because it it was you could tell when mookie Betts made that catch you could tell like that was a big game hey and this team because he makes that catch they go 13 and 2 it's not like now we're over 500 right they're dominating but yeah that's a big win for the dodgers yeah because they know they're coming they know the padres are coming the padres did steal the third game the sunday game of that series okay uh, David Price said this rivalry is unmatched right now. Obviously, we know he played in the Yankees-Red Sox rivalry. Right. I think that Yankees rivalry with the Red Sox hasn't been the same the last couple years. Right, yeah. Because the Red sure. Sox haven't been as good. Both teams have to be good, right? Yeah, yeah. Rivalry has to be equal. Like, even when you talk about the Yankees and Red Sox, really, for a long time, it wasn't much of a rivalry. They weren't really good at the same time. After, right. like, 2004, after that collapse... It just was kind of just the Red Sox time. Right. Until 2009. Right. And it was the Yankees, and then it was yeah. the Red Sox after that. Right. There hasn't been... I don't know the last time they played in the playoffs. Uh, that would have probably been Aaron Boone. The, when he hit the game seven home Well, that run. was 03, wasn't it? Because then Boston came back right. the next year and beat yeah. them. Yeah. That's a really good... As much as I hated watching it, that 30 for 30 is really good. 
about the yeah, Ain't That yeah, series. For sure. Kevin Millar is just, he's hilarious. I don't know if he, I wonder if he's still on TV. Kevin Millar. I'm not sure. Because I remember he was at least at some point. Um, I'm going to give you the two options. So did you see um, either Blake Snell versus Trevor Bauer, their little rivalry feud? No. Um, so Snell was complaining that Bauer was digging. You know how when you see Bauer pitch, he really digs into the mound? No. Yep, yep. Uh, Blake Snell was complaining about that. Right. But when... Snell also, he puts his toe like in the dirt more. Okay. And him and Bauer just had a back and forth, which... I assume, honestly, I thought it was funny until I heard them talking about it, and they actually were like treating it seriously. I'm surprised it doesn't happen more, to be honest with you, because pitchers like their mounds a certain way, so how long does that take to get the mound the way you want it, and then it's not yours, right? It's almost you're, like you're a goalie, it. right? It's like a goalie crease. Okay, no, go to the other end. Ah, oh, that's not how I like it, <laughs> right? Yeah, goal and goalies and pitchers, I think, are a good comparison. Yeah, because like, they're be both very pretty similar. weird. Yeah. I just I never thought this would be a feud or a rivalry, but I I'm all here for it. I'm here for Padres Dodgers anytime they're on TV. I will definitely be watching yeah, them. Yeah, no, I, I agree. And the fact that you get Tatis back in the lineup and Mookie Betts is what the I would say the second best player in baseball. To who? Uh, Mike Trout. No, like I put Mookie number one. Oh, actually, after the it's playoffs, one World he had, Series. Just look at his team. I don't know. That's fair. It's a it's yeah. a fair argument. Yeah. I just think Mike, it, it is an argument, yeah. right? Could argue the other way. I could argue Trout for you if you want to, but I'm just saying right now, Mookie Betts Mook, is they're thirteen and three. I guess now. Sorry. Yeah. Spoiler alert. <laughs> they lost Sunday. Um, the other the other and this was an actual actually I was gonna say Snell Bauer wasn't really a rivalry. Jerks and Profar, check swings a pitch. That really was a strikeout, but it was catcher's interference. So he goes to first yes, base. Yeah, I seen that. And Clayton Kershaw was mad. He called. It Wasn't a, it a full swing? A bull blank bull, swing. We can you can swear oh. bullshit. Okay. A bullshit swing, and I just again, it's something where you could see both sides. Yeah, no, for sure. You know what that was? That's the heat of the moment. That's this is a big game. That felt like That's a playoff moment. Absolutely. Even, it even felt like a playoff moment. The crowd, when Betts made that catch, you could hear the right. crowd roar, right. even though it was in San Diego. Right. They could feel the adrenaline of this moment. Yeah, I did. It was. I just watched two minutes of highlights. <laughs> and it, yeah, it, it was just a good game. You could tell. Two intense teams. And honestly, I feel like it could end up... I'm pretty sure it ended this way last year, where the Dodgers won the division, and the Padres had the second best record in the NL. Right, right. But they still have to go to the the wild card round, and they had to play each other ten times. So again, it's almost like the Tampa Bay, Carolina, Florida of the NHL. Yeah, How going good back and could forth. those teams be if they didn't have to play each other? It'll be interesting to see the rest of the year how these two teams kind of shake out. I, I hope the Padres can at least make it close towards the end of the year, right? Because it kind of seems like right now the Dodgers are just. A juggernaut Just, yeah. that loses Cody Bellinger and doesn't look like they've missed that much of a step. Exactly. Uh, finally, for baseball, we'll do Yankees update. Uh, Jay Worst Br- team in the American League right now. Jay Bruce retires in yeah. the, before a game, but also yeah, is there so during strange. the game. Yeah, just weird. I wonder if this weird. is... Is this a bad omen for the Yankees that he's just... I wonder if it's, it's probably more him that he doesn't feel like he can do good enough well i think what happened when they got odor um the writing was on the wall 
he wasn't performing, so instead of getting released, I think he said, you know what, I'm going to retire here because you're going to call up probably Ford yeah. or Wade. <laughs> I hope it's Ford. Well, he's at least the first baseman. That that would be the that would justify it. Yeah. So, um, the the worst team in the AL had Brian Cashman, who both who said almost I think it was in the same statement or in the same interview press conference, whatever, that teams want to play the Yankees pretty much. Right that now. right now the teams would want to play Yankees. Absolutely. They there's nothing. There's no. You know who they're missing right now? Uh, Luke Nick Boyd. Uh, Switzer. Swiss, Swisser. Swisher? Thank you, Swisher. Yeah, he was a big locker room. like Which I think Void is. But he's there, So, you, but I guess maybe it's not the same if you're not playing. Yeah. But I guess he's that kind of guy. He kind of got them riled up last year, they were saying. Mm-hmm. But yeah, they're all... They're all... There's too many Derek Jeters. Yeah. And there's not enough fun. Yeah. They're, they're not having fun. There's no... Like, you know, there's only... One time in the third game, where um, Urshela hit a, hits a double to start the inning, so you're on second, nobody out. Here's your chance. Something's gonna happen. Mm-hmm. Nothing happened. Yeah. Didn't get off second base. Like that's a bad team, mm-hmm. and it's frustrating because the pitching's still good. Like it's not great, but it is very, very good, and it's. I think it's only gonna get better. Yeah. So I think the healing will come around at some point. It's just frustrating because for me, my hockey season's over, so it's baseball season. Now I'm thinking baseball season's over. Let's start the 2021-22 hockey season. Or football. You got football or, yeah, in between or there. football. But it's it's still a little early for football. Yeah. But so, it, they shouldn't be 5-10. and 10. Yeah, That's that's not good. Like, Something serious might happen there. Like I don't know if uh, the general manager is looking over his shoulder or not, but um, yeah, I just something has to happen. It's just it's just blah. Yeah, on the offensive side of things, like Cole's got to be pretty frustrated. He pitched a great game, falling into Jacob Degrom territory. And, and you know when you're really struggling, when you start making real big defensive gaps. So in that game, the Yankees, well, I could think of the Sanchez game where he's running blunder. Yeah. Right? You're coming back against the Jays, and now you're out of the inning. Game, inning over. Mm-hmm. Come back over. And then they did against the, again, the, the defense. That was, that was a running blunder, which is kind of, I guess, offense. But that's something you, the Yankees never do that. And now on defense, they did the same thing. Frazier catches a ball. Wants to throw it home, but then at the last second decides he wants to try to throw it to second, but overthrows second. So now the guy runs into second, and then um, the center fielder, Aaron, uh, I want to call him Judge, but it's Hicks. Thank you. Yep. Um, bobbles two balls mm-hmm. back to back, and it costs the Yankees a couple of runs. Again, I'm not saying they're going to win the game, but don't lose it. Right, don't help the other team, and it's not like the Rays are good. I look at the record; all oh, these they must be leading the American League. No, all they're doing is beating the Yankees. They're three and eight against everybody else. Now, it it doesn't also feel like there is a simple fix, like putting Luke Voigt in that lineup. I, until you said it, who is the personality on that team? You go None. around the diamond, Gary Sanchez, who now is hurt, right? 
DJ LeMay, who is probably the most even kill person I've ever seen play baseball. Absolutely. I guess maybe Odor, but he's still probably not comfortable with his teammates yet. Right. What's Glaber? Glaber's fun, but yep. he's also in a slump, so he's probably yeah. not that fun. Geo, same as DJ, very, very serious. Face. Absolutely. Uh, Frazier is probably just scared to lose his spot. Yep. Uh, Hicks, I mean, you, you could see the distraction outside of baseball for, for sure. Him. Yeah, I could see that for him. Yep. And Judge has been in a slump since the beginning of the year. Yeah. They're all, that's the thing. They're all slumping. Yeah. It's not like because that's how you usually get out of it. Is one guy just has to get out of a slump, and it seems it's like it's almost like contagious, and then somebody else will start to hit right. Mm-hmm. But it hasn't happened. It just hasn't happened. They just can't put any hits together. And again, nobody's hurt, right? It's not. Like, oh well. Well, I mean, Voight. But I don't think. But they haven't had him for the entire year. Right. Yeah. So, again, yeah, I don't think you put him in the lineup today. He's, oh, magically, everyone's going to start hitting. But because nobody is. It's just a complete struggle. Yeah. I think back to the playoff series against Tampa Bay, and Luke Voigt hits a home run, and he's running the bases, and you could see the energy. I think that's what he'll bring. And he was playing on one foot. Yeah. Right? Like, but yeah, he just brings that energy. That they need Gardner. Same thing. He's just not. He's the could have been a captain of the team, right? He's just very. They need a few more fun guys. Yeah, is what they need. Because it's not like. Well, I don't really think any pitchers are fun to begin with. But even right, they're not even energy. Garrett Cole is one of the best pitchers in baseball, but he's right. not gonna fire up your team. No, he's not that Kershaw where he's gonna yell for a terrible swing at a pitch or whatever yeah. it's not that kind of guy and they don't have anybody like that even pitching right no that's it's a that pretty I can think of they used team. to i feel like even aaron boone isn't that no no and that's the problem he's not he's not calling out any of his players right he's but again it's how can you get mad at a guy or or you can't you can't really criticize him because he's winning 100 games he's only been in the majors three years and he's winning 100 so he's doing something right yeah right again it is early so i'm just getting closer to hitting that panic button because there's no way you should be five and ten with that roster no i think once do we have any like word or update because void is like practicing isn't he yeah he's they said he'll be back in may okay is all all they've kind of left that open so i feel like obviously we'll do do yankees that update every episode but i feel Mm -hmm. like the real panic button would be if Voight comes back and two weeks later, this is the same team. I feel right. like two weeks is a fair amount of time for him to be in the lineup yep, and yep. see what that does. Right. Yeah, see where he gets placed, right? But I just think they have to play. I, I'm glad they're playing finally somebody different, right? They're playing the Braves Tuesday, Wednesday. So I, I don't really care whether they win or not these games. I just think they could get out of their just the hitting slump so they could lose a 10-9 game and that could turn their season around. I don't know if because uh, Ronald Acuna got hurt on Sunday. I don't know if he'll be. Oh boy! So maybe you, yeah, maybe it's it's easy pickings to win a couple of games because the Braves aren't playing very well either. No. Oh, from that Sunday Sunday game, um, Anthony Rizzo caught Freddie Freeman in a rundown. But it's funny because Rizzo was on third just because they move stuff around. Um, he was chasing Freddie and he yelled Frederick and then Freddie and then they, they just started laughing. Anthony Rizzo and Chris Bryant, they were both mic'd up last year during spring training. Those right. guys are hilarious. That team is not what it was back in 2016. Right. But it's still Anthony Rizzo, he'd be a good guy for the Yankees. Exactly. Fun, 
right? Energy. Mm-hmm. It's what they need right now. Uh, we'll go before we go to the NBA. We'll go a couple NFL stories. Alex Smith retires. He announced on Instagram today. That's too bad. I just, I really, I tried to manifest it. I wanted him to be the Kansas City Chiefs backup. Yeah, I thought that would have been great if you yeah. could go get that guy a Super Bowl because he did so much for that franchise. Right, including including mentoring their MVP superstar, half a billion dollar quarterback. Right, just too much. I gotta say that injury just took a toll on him. It was amazing that comeback story, but I don't think we'll ever look at it as a, like even though he retired, it's still a great career he had. Oh, absolutely! It's it's. I just feel sad for him that he didn't get that standing ovation that he deserved in front of anybody, <laughs> any crowd. <laughs> um, with I think we're just over or just under a week away from the draft. Once we're closer, we'll do a little more draft preview or right. do some picks but what's the date it's got to be soon next week april the 29th okay so 10 days from now uh the miami dolphins are apparently talking about trading their six pick again which they started at what three were they three um mm. they traded around a right. lot oh right. yeah there were three because yeah. they have houston's first round pick right so they went from three to 12 to six and now they're still talking about trading i think that says a lot for the Dolphins that clearly if they're taking phone calls at six, that there isn't anybody that they're particularly in love with. Right. And you think if you're in the top 10, you're going to find a, maybe not necessarily a franchise guy, but for Miami, they just really need to plug a few holes to be a Super Bowl contender. I would think if they got the tight end from Florida, that would be then you could really stick with your game plan of short throws that would be no tua. excuse for tua at that point no, you if got, you have gasecki and pits yeah i love everybody talking about pits and that i i at this point i don't think there's any way he falls past four i agree i think if if atlanta doesn't want him they'll trade back and they'll get a ransom for pits who again calling him a tight end is not fair no exactly. he's a wide receiver yeah like, and you were telling me that throughout the year that this is one of the, and he's playing with kyle trask who I think we could say objectively he's not a great quarterback. No, he's okay, right? But, but he would yeah. overthrow. and Yeah, yeah, he's okay. But, yeah, I just think this kid will be – he was good in college. I, I just think he's way better than the Heisman Trophy from Alabama. Uh, Devontae Smith. Yeah. I think he's better than all three of those are wide receivers. Even In Jay- the NFL, I mean, yeah. to put, put it in perspective. Jalen Waddle didn't really play enough, and – but he's awesome too. But yeah, you're right. He was out all year. And even Jamar Chase didn't play this entire year with LSU. The last time we saw him was with Joe Burrow in Cincinnati, which the Bengals released New Jerseys and they're actually pretty nice. Well, it's not hard to do that compared to what they had. It was so boring before. I'm pretty sure one of the jerseys, I only looked at it quickly, but I'm pretty sure one of the jerseys looks exactly like their old jersey, but they, they did change it a decent amount. Okay, when you mean old jersey, what do you mean? Because... Like Boomer Esiason. Okay. I'm, again, I'm dating myself, but Cincinnati actually looked different before Boomer. They actually didn't always have the stripes across the helmet if you look at their... Really? Yeah. Wow. Yeah, if you look at the 70s and early 80s... Actually, early, I should say, I think 70s and right up to 80, because as soon as they changed, they got better for some reason. Hey, didn't they lose a Super Bowl? Yeah, they lost a couple. To the 49ers, yeah. at least for one of them. Yeah. Uh, uh, they also this is I'm not going to go through this but I'd just love to bring up that Vegas has already released win totals for this year 
in this 17 oh, game I you season. Meant Vegas, like Golden Knights. But oh, okay. no, I, I don't know how. And I love win totals. I love going over over unders, especially in a 17 game season. You have to do a bit more math with it. Why would they release them now before the draft? I feel like teams are going to look so different after the draft. Because they probably will have both. Right, this is pre-draft. Yeah. Make your picks. Free agency, so you get more, I guess. Right, and then post, so you get more people and more money. That Absolutely, is, that is all Vegas really wants. Uh, we'll go to the NBA and uh, Saturday night, which I talked about ABC and ESPN kind of getting screwed over with the uh, Saturday night games. This Saturday did not disappoint. It was. Oh, that's kind of cool. It's a little boring, but it's right. cool. Well, the yeah. helmets, 1970s, they, yeah. yeah. They the, went from that to stripes, which was crazy. Yeah. Like at the time, right? I actually don't. I didn't see their helmets. I honestly hope they keep the stripes. I liked the Bengal stripes. Yeah, I do too. Like, I, I, to me, again, that's what I always think of Cincinnati, but that was started in 1980. Yeah, just Bengals. It kind of looks like the Giants. Like the, yeah. It seemed like kind of almost all teams would have done something like that. Right. Uh, so Steph Curry versus Jason Tatum is basically what you could say for Saturday night. Curry, who that was another game I should have watched. Yeah, wow, that looked like a good game. Just down the stretch, I honestly feel bad because this is Steph Curry, who is a three-time NBA champion and had all these great teammates. And without Klay Thompson out there, even Draymond Green is not the same player he right. was. Yeah, it's Steph Curry, and the three-pointer he hit—I don't know when it was, but I he, saw it is fouled he's hard not just fouled fouled hard and now he's gonna shot put it because i'm just gonna throw it on the net that's the only thing he could do and yeah. just a perfect swish yeah and it's he he's on he's on right now he right? might be the most entertaining basketball player yeah, i'm gonna say yeah. that i've ever seen yeah he, he's again energy fun right absolutely yeah i would put him right up there for sure and it's really bad when Golden State sees Juan Toscano Anderson, who has really been really good for the Warriors, not a superstar player, but does all the little things. He falls, and it's actually it was a pretty bad fall. He hit his head. They put him into concussion protocol. But even like Mark Jackson, Jeff Van Gundy, Mike Breen were all like, ooh, that's a big loss for the Warriors. It's crazy two years removed from the Warriors being this juggernaut that now they're barely a playoff team. Yeah, like when I watched them, I told you that. Watch, I think actually you were watching a couple minutes with me. We watched the Raptors in Golden State. Mm. There's nobody on the floor that was there in the finals two years ago. No, and the only right? recognizable guy. There was a couple of Raptors. Or Wiggins. Uh, Wiggins wasn't there. Yeah, he was. Then that's also, Really? That, that, is the, wow. that is the perfect thing I've ever heard about Andrew Wiggins. Wow. Is he was a bench guy on the and lost in the final. Oh, oh no, 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 no. Oh, those teams. I meant in yeah. the... Oh, in that game. Yeah. Gotcha. Yeah, yeah, because they shut him down. Yeah, no, he was still in Minnesota. The, uh, yeah, that's what I thought. No, he... Uh, I was going to say, even though he could be the best player on the floor, and for five minutes you can just go... Is Andrew Wiggins out there, and yeah. they'll be like, he "Yeah, be, he, he must be on the bench." Yeah, right? but he's just, he's he just he just kind of disappears. Yeah, and that that's why he was the number one pick, and everyone called him Maple Jordan, and put all these crazy expectations on him. Yeah. I love him on a Golden State team, where especially when Clay comes back, he'll be the third option, fourth option on the right. team. And some guys play better that way. Yeah, when he you're doesn't not the number one guy. He doesn't need to be the superstar, right? And the only reason Golden State lost was just. Down the stretch, Jason Tatum just kind of took over. And I don't like comparing new players to old players, but there's clearly a generation that 
watched and learned from Kobe Bryant. And Jason Tatum is one of those guys. Right. And they're deeper, right? To yeah. be honest, the Celtics are deeper than Golden State. After Steph, so I'd say Steph was the best. After that, I'd say Boston probably had the next four or five best players. Right. Like, the fact that Golden State's even in the conversation, I yeah. think that it's going to make the play-in tournament way more fun to just be like, okay, this is the Steph Curry game. Let's see if he can win. Exactly. Um, What else happened this weekend? Oh, Zion Williamson, who they played in New York. The Knicks won. I think they've won seven straight now. It's amazing that the Knicks are a playoff team. Right. But that's not what everyone talks about. It's Zion Williamson saying that, you know, I love to play in New York. Outside of New Orleans, it's probably my favorite place to play. But a lot of players say that. Yeah. I think, it's not just him. I think almost everyone would say that. Yeah. They want to go play in the garden. And no, that just... the garden. Sorry. Garden would be Boston. Yeah. Garden. I don't know what New York... Garden. MSG. Yeah. MSG, yeah. Um, Madison Square. Garden. Um it turned into rumors and it immediately became when is Zion going to be a Nick? And oh boy. I, this is the only part of the NBA I don't like is he just likes playing there. It's a nice place to play. They have the old buzzers. It's right. the most classic arena ever. Can he just enjoy playing there once a year? Why does it have to be? He's going to be a Nick. I don't know. Again, it's the soap opera, soap of, the opera of the NBA. The NBA soap opera continues. That's why we also watched. That's why this episode I wanted to do more of what happened during games because we watched the last like five minutes in overtime of Lakers Jazz the backup right. battle. Right. And out of the ten guys that were on the floor, I'm gonna say maybe one or two of them is on the floor if this is a playoff game. Right. Because LeBron James, Anthony Davis, they're out. Uh, I actually don't know if Rudy Gobert was playing. No. It's kind of bad if you if I, I didn't notice him. Yeah, I didn't notice him. I don't uh, think he was out no, there. He, no, even if he's not playing well, he's just a big guy. Donovan Mitchell was out. This was just a game where if you watched it and were like, oh, the Lakers, they really they really pulled this one out. It's it's not. It's not what these teams are going to look like in really just a few weeks. Right. But it, it was fun to see, at least the overtime. It was back and forth. And honestly, one of the best games I watched just because – it didn't take 25 minutes to get through the final two minutes of the game. Yeah. If, if the NBA, they wish they could do a better job of, um, yeah, speeding the game up, like having, I don't know, 20-second timeouts and you can't call back-to-back timeouts. And there, there's definitely ways to, to speed up the, the game. Like, I understand why they do it, but it just takes too long. It also kills the momentum and the fun out of a game. It does. When it's a close game and it's, okay, they've played 30 seconds of basketball and there's been four timeouts. Yeah, like if you could only call one timeout in a minute or something, then because then you're going to have chaos, right? It's going to be fun. Like yeah, it might not be, that'll be March a Madness. coach's dream, right? But you're going to have, yeah, you're gonna, it's going to be crazy. It's too methodical, yeah. right? It's just too coached when time, okay, so here's going to be a great play. Because the coach is gonna draw it up or whatever, but it's, yeah, it's a great play, but it's, but it there's no, it's not improvised at all, and that's yeah. what we love about sports, right? I don't want to watch a a play, um, Hamilton, where this is what someone's memorizing the words, because that's yeah. all they're really doing in those plays, right? Yeah. Um, I think the one thing you said, I I never really thought about it, but I think in the fourth quarter, if you shorten timeouts, you have either. A 15-second timeout or a 20-second yeah. timeout. Yeah, exactly. Just 
you don't have time to put those seats down. You can have a quick huddle and, yeah. okay, we're going to do four. Okay, let's go, right? And get back out there. Or you know. And then I also get like... TV, if there there's going to be a couple TV timeouts like in the yeah, last yeah, yeah. quarter of a game. Absolutely, I get that, but that's not what slows down the game. And it's not TV. And also a replay review. We just need to yeah. not let the referees go and watch it for 5 minutes. Just have them have walk over a referee a video referee put on again. the headset. It's this. Right. That's Thank all you. the review. Exactly. We've already reviewed it. Here's your call. Here is the answer. We have the answer to all four major leagues. And we do. We're gonna we're gonna fix all the leagues. Yeah. Um, Miami Brooklyn, which I didn't realize it till I looked at the standings. This might be a first round playoff series. Wow. Which is crazy to think Miami sits as a seven seed right now, and Brooklyn they still haven't been all together. Kevin Durant played in this game. He left with a thigh contusion and always hurt. He's made of glass. He and is he related to um, Steven Stamkos? Yeah. He is always hurt, and it sucks because I feel like. We almost now forget how good he was for those couple of years in Golden State when he was... And before. Yeah, going mano a mano with LeBron or winning yep. MVPs. Yep. He's so amazing, and we just don't get to see him. No, nope, Because even out of this game, I don't... The, the game was really good. It's two really good teams. But Bam Adebayo hits the winner, and it just kind of feels like, all right, this feels like the Brooklyn team from the bubble. Like, it just isn't the same group when they don't have all three of their superstars out there. I think that's what leaves the East so wide open is Brooklyn can't get it together. If they can't by playoff time, hey, that anybody can win that conference. It, and to me, Brooklyn is, there a front runner? Brooklyn is the betting favorite. Absolutely. I, I, right now, if you said pick an Eastern Conference champion, I'd pick Philadelphia. They're the team that I trust yeah, the most. Yeah, most consistent. You're right. Yeah, yeah. And, but again, they still have flaws. But yeah, they would be... Yeah, you're right. Because you're if you're picking Philadelphia, you're just kind of banking on, well, Simmons isn't really a second option offensively. He's one of the best defensive players. You're just right. They're consistent. Banking on Embiid absolutely destroying teams for right. four, three straight rounds, I guess, to get to the finals. Right. And I, like, I don't, I don't think Brooklyn's going to be able to play defense on Embiid, but it might not matter because if Kyrie, Harden, and Durant are averaging eighty points together, yeah. Then who cares if Embiid's averaging forty? Yeah, I just I, I the Edmonton Oilers are the only team I can think of in history that didn't need defense to win a championship. It's there's very few teams that don't play defense and win it all. Because even people would say Golden State, like those championship winning teams, were just offensive juggernauts. They were top yeah. five in defense every right. year. Well, there you go. Right. But, Same with the Bulls, right? The Bulls were defensive. Like, yeah, they could score, but they could do it both ways. But, yeah, well, again, hello, Kansas City Chiefs. Yeah. Right? You can't win on offense, right? You need some kind of defense. So That's even when they won the Super you know. Bowl, you could see their defense play better throughout the year. Right. And that's what really helped them. Um, I, I absolutely loved this. So, Chet Holmgren, who is one of the top recruits in college basketball, he commits to Gonzaga, and he actually went to high school with Jalen Suggs. So, Suggs is all happy. He's congratulating him on social media. Maybe an hour or two later, Jalen Suggs declares for the NBA draft. Not saying I care that they're not going to play with each other. I just right. thought it was funny that, uh, welcome to Gonzaga. Right. This is your team now. Right. So, Holmgren, who 
is a lot of people will compare him to Kevin Durant because he's tall and can dribble. I don't think he's that. I just have to say Gonzaga is the best place to play college basketball. Is Suggs the only one leaving from that team? So far, yeah. Wow. So if they if they bring that team back, yeah. Nemhard, then your leader. Fun to watch. Might even, I wouldn't say better because I think Suggs was really a, a catalyst for that team. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, no, for sure. But if they bring everybody back, hand the keys to Nemhard, it's not, it wouldn't be too surprising to see them back in the national championship. Yeah, well, they'll definitely be the best team in their conference, which is not saying a whole lot. But again, it's always when they play those other teams yeah. in the strong conferences. Uh, the Toronto Raptors, and I love every time I get to bring them up, especially when they keep winning and they're oh in a playoff spot. Like they drop, they they leapfrog three teams with this win. They're now them, Chicago, and Washington are all tied. And I and this is funny when I was listening to the Bill Simmons podcast today. They were talking about the play in round, and when they were talking about the Eastern Conference, and oh, Miami's the seven seed, and uh, now I can't think of who Pacers? the eight seed is. They're the nine no. seed, but the they they were bringing up who's going to be in the play in in the right. East, and they go. So, yeah, it's going to be some combination of Miami, Indiana, Chicago, Washington. And right. I just thought, I mean, you skipped over Toronto. Right. Just, And it's funny because if the Raptors make the playoffs, that's a miracle. You made the playoffs being in. By tanking and playing all your backups. And, well, Boucher won that game for him, that, for that, them. That, he was unbelievable. That three-pointer at the end of the half was. Uh, uh, he just offense, defense, rebounds, he did just did it all it it was awesome to see if he i think his biggest thing is if he puts on some weight and can actually yeah. go toe-to-toe with some yeah. of these centers he needs to get bigger for sure he is he's one of the he's I got it all he's one of the league leaders in rebounds like i didn't realize that till i was looking at uh something for our mvp comparison later right but i, I just this raptors team and yuda watanabe is getting a standard contract like he's not on a two-way deal anymore right this team, especially next year, even let's say Kyle Lowry leaves, it's right. still what nine, ten guys deep that you right. can actually trust to play. Yeah, no, I uh, I agree. It, they're still, I I, I don't want to. I, I was doing less fast forwarding because it was they're, they're again they're trying, but I think I said that before, right? Like yeah. They, they're more like a college team where they're again some of those games they were losing, they were down by like. 40 or 50 yeah they lost by 10 or whatever so, so like they never give up mm-hmm. right which is kind of fun to watch it's just again it's hard because they're all these are all new guys right they keep signing these oh here's another guy for 10 days here's paul watson oh, great. that it's a revolving door but to me it shows more of how impressed i am with nick nurse as a coach yeah, absolutely yeah i agree obviously He's gonna be. He's gonna have a tainted legacy just because he wins an NBA championship with Kawhi Leonard, and yeah. everyone would go, "Oh, well, that's easy. It's just Kawhi." But he made a lot of choices during those playoffs that, if if he didn't, like I just think of if he left Danny Green in there instead of Fred VanVleet, right? I don't think they win the NBA Finals, right? And well, obviously, Clay Thompson, Kevin Durant getting hurt was a big impact, but. Yeah. The I loved this parallel of the Raptors. I think we talked about it the last episode that they got fined for arresting players. Yeah, the San Antonio Spurs get fined for. And they don't say exactly what it was, but it's the exact same reason, pretty much, for breaking the resting policies. And I think people say they wanted to call a few years ago the Boston Celtics, the Spurs, the East, but it's really the Raptors because once Kawhi. I mean, obviously the Kawhi connection makes it funny, but. 
they don't really need a superstar. Like the Spurs obviously had Tim Duncan for two decades, pretty much. Yeah, but they just had role players all around, and they just kind of made they had a system and fit players into that system. Yeah, no, for sure. And Nick Nurse has built that, and even I, I, I just can't think of a team that didn't even get to play in their home country this yeah. is the worst season possible and we're still talking about them making the playoffs yeah they still have a chance and the pacers also lost miles turner for the next few weeks with a toe injury so even indiana could fall off this is i don't want to say completely opening up for the raptors because i think that's when people get burned by that but especially when uh fred van vliet and nick nurse are talking about the season and did you see them both talking about so nick nurse was going through the schedule of this week and the raptors don't practice or it might have been last week but he said uh we have a back-to-back day off back-to-back day off so they can't practice throughout it was last week or this week whatever but he was so upset that they didn't get to practice said well we're playing well but it just you want to have that time to work on stuff right and fred van vliet said that this is the most unpure basketball season ever i think beyond the pandemic not playing in like there's just so much against the raptors right he also said this year because he was responding to them getting fined was it's all about business this year the industry side has taken over the love love and joy of the game Hmm. and this is someone who signed a big contract and has been a very productive player this year yep but it it's just it's something we don't see in other sports that you talk so candidly about the league doesn't really care about us this year. Right. And for the Raptors, it's, it's shocking that we're even talking about them as a playoff team when they should have been tanking for an Evan Mobley, but maybe that's not a guy they need. Yeah. Maybe not. They, they'll find a guy to fit that system. Right. Or they'll pick a European and stash him for a few years. Yeah. Uh, I wanted to finish the NBA this week with, uh, or sorry, two more things. Uh, number one, I'm going to give you the comparison for the two players that I think are the MVP. Obviously, this is subjective. And I yep. want to see who you would pick just okay. based on their stats, no names. Okay. Uh, so player A is averaging 26.1 points per game, 11 rebounds, 8.8 assists. Uh, I combined steals and blocks. I just, I thought I like calling them stocks. Okay. So 2.1 stocks. Yep. Uh, 56% field goal percentage, 42% from three, 85% free throw percentage, and he's played 56 of 56 games. And his team is currently fourth in their conference. Okay. Player B is averaging 30 points a game, 11.1 rebounds, three assists, 2.4 stocks, uh, 51% field goal, 37% from three, 85% free throw. And he has played 38 out of the 56 games. His team is first in their conference. First of all, do you have a guess? And which player would you rather have? I would go with player A. And do you have a guess of who either of them are? I don't. Uh, so player A is Nikola Jokic. Okay. Who's played every one of their games. And really, when I was trying to look up whose stats of like his stats this year compared to, it was like Larry Bird. Wow. And... Player B is Joel Embiid, who's missed a significant number of games, although his team was first. I picked Embiid halfway through the year. He got hurt, so now I think the MVP is Jokic. Right. That's where my mind has gone. I I think it's also a history of 
the MVP doesn't necessarily go to the best player on the best team because right. I remember uh, even last year, Giannis accepted the MVP from his home. Like they were already eliminated from the bubble by the time he got the MVP. Hmm. Like Dirk Nowitzki got the MVP the year that they got knocked out by the Golden State. Like the, I can't remember what their nickname was now. The like, uh, they were the eight seed Golden State that year, okay. like 2006 or 2007. So I thought that was a fun exercise, and I know a lot of people would say, oh, 30 points, 11 rebounds, but with Jokic, you get four less points, five more assists, and pretty much the same rebounds. Right. I would definitely go with Jokic at this point. Yeah. Uh, and my last NBA, I decided to do games to watch this week. Okay. And I set it as almost a challenge not to watch every one of these games, but... Uh, the number one game, which I think is tomorrow, is Golden State-Philly, and that's just, if you want to watch Steph Curry and Joel Embiid, they're going to duel, and they'll probably both put up 30, maybe 40 points each. Right. Unfortunately, they won't duel with each other. No. It's nice when you're defending the guy that you're actually dueling. Yeah. Um, this one is based on injuries, but if Brooklyn and New Orleans, as if at least one of Brooklyn's big three is playing... Right. It, it's a lot of fun to watch Zion because when you think about him, you think of him as like Blake Griffin when he played on the Clippers, that he's just going to be catching lobs and right. just a dunker. But Zion is pretty much the primary ball handler, and he actually makes a lot of smart plays. So definitely watch that. Uh, Clippers Trailblazers, which at this point could be a playoff matchup we see. Yep. I, I mean... I think you would already cheer for the Blazers, but the fact that they have Norman Powell, I think, makes it easier for you to cheer for them. Yeah. So, Powell versus Kawhi, definitely not the matchup people care about, but this rivalry goes, I mean, further than the bubble. Paul George and Damian Lillard don't like each other. I hope this is a playoff matchup in the first round. Right. Uh, Miami-San Antonio, I don't know why this just interested me, because it just seems like the Spurs always hang around in these games, and... Two really well-coached teams, even if their superstars aren't playing. Because I'm pretty sure DeMar DeRozan was hurt, or is hurt. Okay. Uh, Phoenix-Philly, which Phoenix at this point feels like they could end up being the one seed because of Utah's injuries. Basically, it'll turn into Devin Booker versus Joel Embiid, but also Chris Paul, because he is, I don't know, top five contender for MVP, not based on numbers, just because he took this Phoenix team who... We saw go undefeated in the bubble, but yeah. made them a 50-60 win team pretty much. Yeah, it's unbelievable how they transpired that into this season, right? They just carried over like the season's still going mm -hmm. from last year. Uh, Golden State, Washington. Again, Steph Curry, but also Bradley Beal and Russell Westbrook are doing everything in their power to get Washington into the play-in round to some level. So... That'll be a fun because they're both battling for a playoff spot. And again, who doesn't? I'm pretty sure there's another Steph Curry game on here somewhere. Uh, Philadelphia, Milwaukee, because Embiid versus Giannis, it's right. a pretty good matchup. I feel like the Bucks, even though they're the three seed, are somehow underrated. And people aren't giving them the credit that they deserve this Which year. Which is probably okay with them. They're yeah. under the radar. Yeah, they were the number one seed and looked like they should have been the super team last year. Yeah, and the year before. Yeah. Uh, again, another Steph Curry game. Denver-Golden State because you get to see if Nikola Jokic is going to duel with Curry, I guess. Right. 
or Jokic will have 15 assists and I, see how the Nuggets do without Murray. Yeah, it, it it really sucks for this year and honestly into next year because I I can't imagine Murray's back until the All Star break maybe right. the earliest next year. Right. Uh, my final game for this week, which happens Friday, again will come down to injuries, but Boston Brooklyn because maybe it's it might it honestly might not even be a playoff matchup unless uh, the Celtics drop a little bit more, but. Kyrie Irving against the Celtics to me is always fun because of just how much Celtics fans hate him now. Right. And Jason Tatum, Jalen Brown are a fun duo against a ridiculous trio. So that should be a fun one. I actually didn't look at what the Saturday night game is yet, but uh, I'll talk about that one on the Friday episode. Uh, Before we go, you got one last thing? I do. Um, Explain this new Super League in football to me wow i did not i didn't write it down because i didn't think you'd want to talk yeah. about it so well, I, I, I don't like the sport but i'm still interested in like all of a sudden there's super leagues coming up yeah so this is what would kill soccer the fun of soccer so okay. these 12 teams that have gotten together are basically the best teams in europe not even necessarily the best oh, teams. The, okay. ri- the richest, richest teams. Okay. Most likely Same the best thing. teams. They line up for the most part. Yep. So they would start this league. So uh, I'm pretty sure FIFA has gotten really upset about this. And they uh, said any team that participates or any players that participate in this league can't play in the World Cup. Wow. And so this league would have these 12 teams playing a tournament that would rival the Champions League. Yep. But uh, unlike the Champions League, the 12 teams would just share the revenue within themselves. Oh, okay. So it's basically, the way I saw it explained, which was really good, was it would be like March Madness, but yep. Duke, Kentucky, and North Carolina, and all the big name schools kind of take over. Right. So it's just them running their own league. Right. And it would just kill the fun of soccer. And just the fact that you would take these teams and I don't even know at this point if they did this, if they would even play in their own domestic leagues. So it's not official or anything yet. No. It's just something they're proposing. Yeah. Okay. It was, it was an idea which right. at, at first I was like, Oh, that's kind of cool. I've always thought about if something like that could work. And then I saw that it was basically just a money grab. Right. And it would for sure generate billions of dollars. I'd say No, those teams would not normally play each other. Unless it, it was, was a, the Champions League. Right. And there's, like, obviously the team, some of the teams are from the same countries, but it would be cool if it wasn't proposed this way. Right. Like, um, you just made me think of the, what the WNBA was doing. Mm-hmm. If they could do something like that where those games, they could play each other and then th- those games would be points towards the Super League, even though they're p- just playing in their own league. I don't know if they could do that. Uh, you know prob- what I mean? It probably if you were playing like other teams from the Super League. Yeah, yeah, that's what I mean. Just okay. yeah. So now these are not just a you know win or loss, but this is a win or loss for your Super League and also your own league. Mm-hmm. Which I, re- I thought that was a great idea. What the WNBA was thinking of doing is it just puts an emphasis on games, right? Yeah, I think if it works this year, I imagine I could see the NBA doing it next year, right? Because of I think it would be successful, especially the NBA. You get, oh, it's Saturday night. Golden State's playing the Lakers. Right. And this isn't just any normal game. Right. This is for no, the uh, David Stern Cup or whatever you would right, call it. Right. I think it's all great ideas. And the Super League, although it is, it would be 
fun for soccer fans. It would also kind of eliminate the fans almost. Right, because now all the other teams are non-existent. Yeah. Yeah. I thought that was, I, that was, a, that was a great one. I, okay. When I, I was reading about that today, and I just... I, I hate when billionaires just try to step in and ruin sports. <laughs> That's exactly what's happening. Billionaires trying to become trillionaires. <laughs> yeah, it, it's... It was so greedy that when I at first read it, I was so like, "Oh, okay, let's let's see how this." And then as soon as I got maybe two sentences, and I thought, "Okay, this is not it's for about, soccer fans. Right, this is just money. for money," which I know a lot of leagues are like that. Oh yeah, yeah. But at least because the NBA, I think of as like the most, even though the NFL is probably the most profitable, the NBA does a lot for their fans. Even the NFL, they care about everybody except their players right <laughs> all right so that was that was your last one yep all right so we'll be back friday and besides that we'll see you next time